The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately if you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture then stick around this is the armed citizen podcast what's going on my ghost squad welcome to the armed citizen podcast live this is episode number 248 we are live as always on youtube and over on facebook if you're in the live chat and go ahead and say something we don't know that you're out there unless you do if you're new to the channel new to the show well we hope to uh not make you any dumber we can't promise make you any smarter we really just totally not hope make you any dumber if you're out there go ahead and say something especially if it's your first time we'll we'll see if we can pop your cherry real quick if you're wanting to call or text into the show yes you can call and text into the show Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates over at Aegis Gun Care. That phone number is 530-364-4678. If you're a veteran, really anyone, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole, you're in the darkness, and you're you're wondering if there's still light out there, call me, text me, email me 24-7. I cannot give you medical advice, but I could probably be a pretty decent ear and talk you through some stuff. If you are looking for someone that can get you to some medical help, Remember two things. One, you have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing and able to help you in any way. And two, the world is a much better place with you in it. So please, I implore you to utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline. 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. Veterans, press the number one. We are always spotlighting the United States Marine Corps. If you have any questions on what it takes to earn the title, United States Marines, see the website marines.com. And as always, we're a proud member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Go check out all the great 2A, pro-gun, pro-2A podcasts over on selfdefenseradio.net. Let me get this off of my ugly mug and say hello to everyone. Uh, we've got a special guest tonight. Before we get to him, we've got the guy who's always riding shotgun with us. No, folks, that is not an avatar. That is really clever. That's him right there. He will not move for the next two hours, um, however long we're on, hour, hour and a half, whatever we go. We never know how long we're going to go. It depends on the conversation. But uh, from the great state of Texas, the tactical virus, I mean, Leprechaun himself. What's up, Clove? What up, man? Chilling like a villain, styling and profiling. So, uh as always, you are riding shotguns. So what is our shotgun of the week? You know, we don't talk about shotguns from FN very often, right? No, we do not. And we don't talk about over-unders from FN either. But, um, yeah, that FN FC1, pretty nice. Over-under, um, the the laminate furniture options and other things on it, man, they're just gorgeous. So, uh, yeah, I encourage folks, get it over-unders, look into those. They're beautiful. Yeah, we've got a couple uh, people out there saying they're new to the channel. We've got uh, Aaron Morgan out there. We've got Wendy. Wendy, I guess, is one of Mickey's sisters. So we'll get to uh, Mickey here in a second. What's up, Wendy? Welcome to the dark side. Now, I'm just going to say I live in Arkansas, but I'm from Texas. Clover's from Texas. Big Al is getting ready to ruffle some feathers. He said um, Texas is just Oklahoma South. Damn you, sir. 
damn you, damn you, damn you. If I could boot you off, I would know. It's not possible. Oh, as bad as oh, the Mexican oh, food just, is. In oh, my God. It's it's not, is. That, is the, that is true. That's the worst yeah. Mexican food in the world. Yeah. And I'm going to say this. I think Oklahoma is just Texas North. Let's just let's just there put it go. out there. Yeah. I was born in Oklahoma. Well, then I'm sorry. You're a Sooner. I'm a Longhorn. This is this is going to be an interesting show. This is going to be an interesting show. Um, yeah, Oklahoma, Texas North. They, they, you know, they just they they want so much to be part of Texas. It's not even funny. <laughs> oh, you gotta love it. Uh, welcome everybody out there who's saying hello. Looks like the some of the regulars are out there just having a conversation. Keep that conversation going, guys. Throughout the night, if you have any questions or comments, go ahead and tag myself or Clover, and we'll get to those questions as, as much as we can. Uh, tonight, we're going to be talking with Mickey Shook uh, from Carry Trainer, and you guys are uh, probably familiar. I, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't familiar until a week or two ago, uh, Mickey, when you were on with Clover. And uh, I apologize. I don't mean any disrespect that I just wasn't aware. To be honest with you, I'm probably you're probably a lot like a lot of us. I don't watch a lot of gun stuff on YouTube. Um, I, I just, and, so. and to be frank, I didn't know who either of you guys were. Exactly. So I it's do know who things. your moms are, though. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> um, my biggest thing is, is there's so many of us out here. Uh, more importantly, I, I, I work. I have a full-time job. Sure. Um, I do this for fun, and I have a good time. and do it to educate some people and all that, but... Um, when I'm home and I'm doing that, I'm listening to music or I'm watching cooking stuff. I've got a lot of interests that aren't guns and I watch my buddy stuff and, and support them, but I, I, I don't know a lot of the channels that are out there. So, uh, I saw you last week with Clover's podcast and, and, uh, had an interesting conversation and, and, and I like, I like it and Clover knows this and, and, and you do now, Mickey. I like to push people's buttons. I want to see the true person because I think once we break down those barriers, that's where the great conversations really happen. And so your, your uh, method little... is, is, is open a wound, pour some salt, yeah. vinegar, maybe yeah. a little battery acid on it. And, and, then, we'll, and then we'll go have a, and then we'll go have a beer. Absolutely. I Absolutely. Like what do we, whether we agree or not, Sometimes it's better if you don't agree because that's, like I said, that's where the meat and potatoes are. That's where the conversation that I like and I think a lot of our viewers, and especially our listeners in the podcast world, I, I think that if we all are ag agreeing on everything, then what are we doing here in the echo chamber? We don't need yeah. that. We need dissenting opinions because somewhere in the middle is probably the right answer. Sure. Uh, I don't think anyone's right or wrong about anything, but somewhere you take, and we talked about this and um, you know, I've done a lot of training in my life. You've done a lot of training. You've trained a lot, uh, you know, been to other trainers. You pick and pull from everyone. And that's really where the great stuff comes from is just listening to everybody's opinion to say, okay, I, I like one thing from this guy. Pull that. I like one thing from this. I like one thing from this. And that's really where it's all about. So um, let's kind of jump in real quick and um, – Let's talk about carry trainer and for people like me, um, yeah, I guess midnight, uh, mid Tennessee firearms training uh, says Mickey's wearing shorts tonight. Do you not wear shorts very often? That dude is such a jag off. <laughs> Actually, he's a he's a lovely man. Um, God birthed him without genitalia, which uh, 
It happens. Sucks. He's got a huge heart, though. Small balls. I thought you. I thought you were gonna go. I thought you were gonna go somewhere else with that. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a good dude. I am actually wearing shorts. I rarely. Uh, well, not rarely. I've always got shorts. I don't know what the hell this guy's talking about. You creep. You got a ca- you got a camera at my house or what? <laughs> Well, I wouldn't be surprised these days, but uh, you know, no. I, I was going to say your your comment yeah. as you opened about like not um, knowing who I was. It, the echo chamber thing is a very real phenomenon that is uh, not, I don't think, new to humanity, but it's magnified by social media and the yeah uh, the the massive flow of information. People that like chess are going to hang out with people that like chess people that like rock and roll are going to hang out with people that like rock and roll and yeah i'll have folks call me hey i would like to come to class i'm not really good at this stuff and uh, you know i don't shoot a lot of go well, perfect then i'm the guy like because if you were really good yeah. at it you probably don't need to show up and learn how to train a, a professional chef is not going to cooking classes a professional <laughs> chef is cooking and so it's it's um it there's a, a million guys. I don't know you guys because the same reason. I'm yeah. if I'm not yeah. doing the work, then I'm probably grilling steaks, or I'm at jujitsu, or I'm at the movies with my wife, or you know, having some kind of fun like I did tonight with my granddaughter. So it's I think that's yeah. normal. You know, you you brought up a point, um, and this was is something. About, was it about Mid Tennessee firearms training's lack of genitalia? No, no, no. That that's okay. that's not a point. That's a fact. Uh, so yeah. we I separate points and facts. So uh, yeah, opinions and facts different. No, but uh, what yeah. I what I what I heard you say is is you know chefs. A lot of chefs won't go take cooking classes, uh, and I think you'll agree with this. When I'm looking at an instructor, and let's say there's an instructor that's local or somewhere that I haven't been to one of their classes yet. I'm not looking at what they're trying to teach necessarily, what their program is. I'm trying to find out what their background is, who they've trained with, who have, mm-hmm. whose classes have those guys gone to take? Sure. Because I tell you, in my opinion, and I, I think you probably agree and Clover would agree too, the day that you stop searching for more information is the day that you should give up. And, and, and I, I get scared when I ask an instructor – When's the last time you went to a training session? Who do you train with? Oh, I don't train with other people. I train, I train people. Eh, that's what scares me. So I like the fact that I heard through the grapevine um, that you've been to a lot of the same people that I've been to training with over the years. And that's that's great. I love the fact that you're also not only trying to improve your skill set, but learn other skill sets, which is a really cool thing. Uh, in generalities, you know, when you are going to go train with someone else, another instructor, do you look what what do you look for an instructor to choose to go who to work with? Let me uh I, don't, I think there's a lot to unpack there. I think there a is. guy that's that's so some dude goes to culinary school since we're using that as an analogy yeah. or do that. Yeah, sure. they, they've got a breadth and depth of knowledge. They've done mm. some internship, they're working in the kitchen at the at the hotel or the restaurant that the school's interns chefs at. They're, they probably already like cooking. That's why they went to school. So they know how to souffle and how to make an omelet and they know how to, how to grill meat and they know how to do all of like the basic stuff. It would be a complete waste of their time for them to go learn how to make a souffle again. It would make a complete, it would be a complete waste of time for them to go learn how to season a cast iron pan again. What it would be beneficial is for them to learn about new proteins or different ways to, to, 
present food or like new things. I do not need anybody to teach me how to draw a pistol. There is nobody that is going to teach me something new about drawing a pistol. And that doesn't mean that I'm like, "Uh, I've got it. 20 years of drawing a pistol. Is there like some little thing I might learn? A hundred percent. Is the juice worth the squeeze? I mean, I've trained with, I've got, I was on the phone yesterday with my friend, Les Kismartoni. I came up Mm -hmm. shooting IDPA with him. He's much better than I. In fact, he won the national championship last year for all of IDPA for uh, carry optics. So he's really good. And he's a national level USPSA shooter. So like you hang with guys like that or Max Michelle or JJ Ricott or there's nothing I'm going to pick up because I'm also not chasing that dragon. So the things like for an, from an instructor standpoint, for example, um, I'm not a long range shooter. I've got behind a gun and plinked at steel a thousand yards away, but that's not my thing. So I could go down that rabbit hole, but what I'm looking for is, how does Trey interact with, with uh, a student in an adult teaching environment? Or how does, how does Steve deal with a problematic person? Or how does Bob deal with a person that seems to have maybe a learning disability or a yeah. fucked up hand? Or So I, I'm looking yeah. for stuff like that. But I think there's also, there's a, uh, so you were a Marine, right? You went through basic training and got a depth and breadth of knowledge on, on, on weapons craft and on safety mm-hmm. and on things like that that probably permeates everything you do and you probably have tweaked it, but I bet you still can pick up a M16 and go through the manual of arms, lock the bolt to the rear beer can grip seat, lock tugs, stroke the, the right. You go, you go through it. Press check, close the duff cover safety on, let it hang. Like I'm sure you have this cadence in your head, but where I was, I guess where I was kind of going with that is it, is it depends on what the goal is too. Like, I'm not just going to travel around and study shit to fill my head with knowledge that doesn't support like what, what I'm trying to do. And a big challenge I see now, guys will say to me, how do I do what you do? And I go, well, what does that mean? Do you want to be on podcasts and insult your friends about small penises? Or do you want to, you know, like, what are you trying to do? And folks will say, well, I just want to like, I just want to teach basic shit. Like, I don't want to like, I don't want to try to do like high level stuff. Well, basic shit is high level stuff. Like That's there right. is yeah. no, I mean, it's, it's, I've, I've sat with some for, of the best. For what you and I might think is basic is high level shit for someone brand new. I mean, drawing sure. a firearm is high level stuff for someone who got their first gun a month ago. And it's dangerous as all heck. Absolutely. Yeah. It is yeah. no doubt. So uh, real like quick, how, how we, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Saying how we approach this stuff. Oftentimes, I, I, the last point I was going to make. I think we climb like a, a steep grade at first, and we reach a plateau where we have a breadth of knowledge that we can kind of play with. Yep. And then, kind of like a mechanic, learning how to change oil and brakes and do some basic stuff. You're not building NASCAR engines. You're not, you're not building drift cars, but you like can get your work around a car, change a tire, maybe fix a few yep. parts. And next thing you know, you figure out how to, how to take a head off or, or get a little deeper into the motor. And some people stop there. Some people just yep. fix exhausts and mufflers and shit like that. And some guys make all the headers and shit by hand. Like there's, so there's different yep. specialties. So I think you yeah. kind of got to know what you're after too. Absolutely. Uh, real quick, big Al, $10 super chat. Thank you. 
Most of you guys out there know that uh, we don't ask, nor do we encourage Super Chats, but all Super Chats go to sending care packages to our men and women downrange. So thank you for That's that, awesome. Big Al. Appreciate you. Yeah, we've been doing that for about a year and a half now, and uh, it's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. We've raised a lot of money, sent a lot of care packages. So uh, cool. we, we enjoy doing that. We enjoy doing that. I remember being overseas during Christmas and, and Thanksgiving, and it sucks. Let's just be honest. Uh, you know, it didn't suck. They make the best of it, but getting a package from – from someone, especially a complete stranger that don't even know, saying thank you is, is probably as pretty cool as it gets. So that's what we do with the Super Chats. Anyways, um, before we get going, we always go through our little kind of fun little uh, polls. We put out every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday at 10 a.m. over on the Community tab on YouTube. Uh, we have some fun with them. The first question was last Thursday. It's got 1.5 thousand votes. Best band named after a place, Mickey. You got options are Chicago. Boston, Alabama, Kansas, or America? Do any of those float your boat? Chicago, 1,000%. Terry Kath was the greatest guitarist that ever lived, and he died with fucking improper gun handling. True story. Being from Chicago, I wouldn't... Uh, no, are you a Satara fan or not? Are you, are you uh, Chicago Peter, with Peter or was without good. I mean, Definitely early Chicago was better. Yeah. Satara kind of yeah. was like... He was Yoko. I mean, he was great. He was an excellent bassist. But Terry Kath, if you none of you have seen Terry Kath, go look up old Terry Kath albums. Guys like Jimi Hendrix said that he was the greatest. Yep. Yeah. He was pretty um, amazing. Clove, what about you? Any of those those floats your boat the most? On the list, I go Alabama, I think. Alabama's pretty awesome. I'm torn. I'm torn between Chicago and Alabama. Those two are yeah. for me. Alabama, ironically, uh, growing up in Texas, everyone assumed that I probably listened to country music my whole life. I really didn't start listening to country music until I was about 14 or 15. And because the girl that I was dating at the time played Dixieland Delight. Oh, and I was man. like, I was like, to this very day, I hear Dixie. I don't care if you like country music or not. When Dixieland Delight comes on and you don't really enjoy it, something's wrong with you. So yeah, that's, that's, the backwoods. that's yeah. country smooth groove right there. Yeah. Ironically, that's Clover's ringtone on my phone. I, I, I probably says munching on Clover. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so yeah, for me, it's Chicago and Alabama. I'm a huge, huge Chicago fan. I got to see them when I was a kid in Dallas uh, without Soteras when he had already gone solo. And I thought it was probably a great, as good of a concert as you could have. Uh, they still played all the old Soteras songs, but it wasn't Soteras singing, which was fine. Didn't have that um, voice. Didn't have the voice, but it was by no means was it a bad concert. It was it was still Chicago. You still yeah. got the horns going and blaring in your ear, and, and it's you're the only rock band that literally was founded by horn members, and they stuck with them the whole time. It's like, look, you may not like this, but this is who we are, and yeah, phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, it's actually really, really close. Ironically. Leading at 25% is Boston. I was going to say Boston has is up there, but Boston had a couple good songs, but I think longevity in the, in the catalog, I don't think you can mess with Chicago or Alabama, but Hey, 25% say Boston, 24% say Chicago, 22% say Alabama, 16% say America and 12 with Kansas. And they're just blowing in the wind. So, huh. um, our next, our next question, 1.8 thousand votes. Of these, 
of these. What's the best chip? Doritos, Pringles, Cheetos, Lay's, or Ruffles? Mickey might not even eat chips. He's a pretty healthy guy. Do you? If you ate chips, do you have one that you fancy? If I had to eat one of those, it would be a Ruffles. Plain okay, Ruffles. Yeah. Yep. Ruffles have ridges. Clover, which one, what about you? So I'm torn on this. I got to know, do we have dip or no dip? Yeah. Why do you got to be such a bitch and just well, make it makes a difference. The- if you got <laughs> dip, <laughs> if you got dip, ruffles. If you got dip, ruffles without okay, a doubt. A okay. Lays, if, a Lays if, is if not going to hold up. It's not uh, sturdy right. enough. No, you're right. If you're going to put them this. on a sandwich or you're going to just eat the chips, then. No, I'll eat Lays. On, I eat Lays on a sandwich for sure. Um, let's say your, your question did not say with dip. So I'm assuming you meant by themselves, which would be Lays, I think. Okay. God almighty, make things difficult. I don't know why I keep you around. Yep. 47% say y'all are both wrong. 47% of 1.8 thousand votes say Doritos. Uh, 15% Doritos. is Pringles. Uh, my wife would probably vote for Pringles, I think. 12, uh, 13% with Lay's and then tied at 12% are Cheetos and Ruffles. Before we get to our last poll question, because it's going to do what transitions us into our conversation tonight, Mickey, I've got a couple rapid response questions, kind of a uh, a palate cleanser to kind of get the juices flowing here. So what's the first thing that comes to your mind? There you go. Uh, Darth Vader or Yoda? Darth Vader. Yes, I knew I liked you already. Uh, What was your first car? 1985 Ford Bronco, 351 Cleveland, four-barrel carb. Yeah, she was a sweet truck. Oh, you weren't you weren't messing around because the mm-hmm. Broncos of today are not what the Broncos of back then were. So, Pieces uh, of garbage. I've been in a few of them. Man. Toys. Man. Yeah, but a buddy of mine had an old Chevy Blazer, which is kind of the Bronco, the Chevy side. Yeah, that was a good that truck. Was a beast. It was a beast. Yeah, it was just absolutely beast. Diesel, just a beast. Um, so, yeah. Uh, last question real quick. Is a hot dog a sandwich? Mm, can be, but no. Yeah, no, it's not a sandwich. There you go. So we're going to, we're going to get along just fine. It's, All it's right. Sweet, so our last meat. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's, I think burgers and hot dogs are their own. Like you go to a restaurant, burgers and hot dogs usually aren't under the sandwiches. They have their own, like you have a burger thing. You have a hot dog thing. It's not a sandwich, uh, and, and people out there try to continue to convince me that they are, and I don't know. I just I, I get a little nervous around people like that, a little, little nervous around people that think they're sandwiches. That all started from a chef buddy of ours few, several years ago, and he also likes to ask, is a Slim Jim a candy bar? <laughs> and the only reason why he does is because the can- the Slim Jims are usually in the candy section at the grocery yeah, store. Yeah, right, but right, right. But it's not even close to a candy bar. It's processed meat, you know? what it is all right so our last question ties into a conversation 1.3 thousand votes came out yesterday when was the last time you took a firearm training class this month this year last year it's been a few years or i've never had a training class um i'm just gonna go ahead no you i didn't know if you were obviously 
Well, that's just a question I asked. I figure, obviously, I know what your answer is, and I don't know what Clover is, so we'll just kind of go right on in. If you're out there and didn't vote, go ahead and put in the comments out there, guys. When was the last time you took an actual training class? Not going to the range and practicing an actual training class, that you went to a class, you paid for the class, you actually got an agenda and, and learned, hopefully learned something. Um, 46%. 46% said they've never had a training class. That's, yeah, 20, that still seems even like I would have thought it was higher, but that's your audience. So that means more. Yeah. Uh, a lot of, a lot of my audience, they, they do, you know, they, 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 train. they at least practice, they train. Yeah. Uh, 29% said it's been a few years. 10% said last year. 8% said this year, 6% said this month. So uh, thanks to everybody for out there who voted in our polls. Like I said, we have a good time with those uh, every Thursday, Saturday, and Monday at 10 a.m. So um, now Clover, you're right. Clover is is more of the FUD side of life. That's, I guess, that's why we get opposites to track. We get along. He says he's a good thing he didn't pull his audience. It'd be like 99% said never. Um, yeah. Yeah, probably so. Wendy says, I need more training. I think you might know someone, Wendy, that could help you with that if you really asked them. Um, let's see here. Can I go up here? Big Al says, we had a training class at this church last month. That's awesome. Uh, I wonder, Big Al, if you could put it out there, was it uh, an individual firearms instruction or was it like active shooter as a uh, church security force or what we have a lot of those around here that uh, we have a couple of churches that have their own security force and they'll come to the range and practice quite frequently. So I was wondering about that. Um, so let's kind of dive in real quick, Mickey. And, and I want to give you the floor for a couple minutes for those that don't know who you are, what you do and all of that. I'm going to give you a couple of minutes to kind of talk about your background uh, carry trainer as a whole, whether it's your channel or your, uh, your instruction and kind of fill people in before we get going on who you are. Sure. I think the long and the short of it is we make uh, legitimate firearms training accessible. Uh, when, when I started doing this years ago, uh, as a student, uh, there was no internet that you just went on and watched videos. In fact, one of the first classes I attended was a guy named Bob Housingay. Bob was a six-time national pistol shooting champ, uh, police chief of a little town called Comanche, Iowa. And a lot of people that know Bob or know of him would know him because he's the guy that kind of was one of the brainchilds behind a little, little dude by the name of Masad Ayub's training programs. Mm -hmm. uh, Bob was a really good national-level uh, IPSC shooter. And when you would sign up for Bob's course, you had to have them mail you a paper form that you would fill out and then send a check. But you had to first, and if you were not a cop, you had to go by the courthouse and get a judge's signature, the sheriff's signature, or a state's attorney's signature signing off that you were of good moral and, and uh, ethical character. And that was kind of how things were 20, 20 something years ago. And it is such a different space now so as to who i am we took the 15 18 20 years of of studying and kind of condensed stuff down into uh, very robust courses that pass on what i feel 
people need to have, must have skills, I call them, must have skills. And we kind of wrap it around uh, the sandwich of the mindset I think that folks should be cultivating, not the mindset of a warrior or the mindset of a winner or, or Mickey's mindset or Carrie trainer's mindset, but just some things that I've learned in my life. I had a, a, a background in politics. I had a background in gun, uh, the gun lobby. I ran a non-for-profit that uh, still exists to this day, uh, fighting for firearm rights. And we worked on that on a, a pretty high level on a, a local state and even national level. And, and in that, I learned quite a bit about things that, that a lot of people in this community, I think, overlook. Uh, so we kind of weave all that together. I had a stint doing hunter safety program for the Illinois Department of Natural Resources, which was cool. And I spent years as a carpenter, uh, which a lot of people find uh, interesting because I, I guess maybe I don't look like a carpenter, but uh there's a lot of accidents and bad things that happen in construction. And I always ran a very safe crew for years. And I think that there's uh, a lot of systems that can be implemented into training that build a robust, repeatable platform for the, the individual that they can go about their life and, and get the results they want without accidentally hurting themselves or somebody else. I don't know if that makes sense. No, hundred percent. Absolutely. And, and yeah, I mean, being able to manage, um, a crew or a group of people, uh, there are leadership skills involved with that. There's communicational skills that are involved with that. Most importantly, organizational skills. So if you don't have all three of those, it's going to be hard to run a class and all that. Those are your basic foundations is communications, organization, and leadership. Um, and I think you can take those three traits and take it to any job, any career, and be successful with it. Uh, before we get going, Chloe, I know there's some comments and questions out there. Do you want to bring us up to date on some of what's going on out there? Well, I got a few throwing some love out there from Mickey Scrimmins Golf Saloon. Said uh, highly recommended. Uh, subscribes to uh, the Carry Trainer. I did drop the link out there earlier. Uh, if you're not already, and then Ozzy Bark out there, Ozzy uh, says he's at work. He'll have to catch you later, but uh, love. He loves Mickey's videos. Big fan, he says. So, absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, bark at the moon, Ozzy. Um, so, my first question, as far as let's jump into carry trainer, is every instructor, every organization, whether it's a group of people, trainers, or it's one or whatever, they have kind of their mantra, their goals, their what they're setting out to get information out to their uh, people coming in there. So for carry trainer, when people come in and get a class from you, what was that one or two kind of goals that, that you had when you started the instructional side of things that you wanted to make sure that no matter what class they took from you, they were going to get this message from us? It's a really, really excellent question. So before you attend one of our courses, I send you a PDF. It's about eight pages long, and I expect you to read it. You might have a couple weeks to read it. It's not hard reading, and it kind of sets the tone for what we're going to do. We don't talk about shooting. We're not talking about fighting. We're not talking about calibers of weapons. We're talking about goal setting, uh, finding a path, whatever it might be, and just broad, uh, the, the broad ability to 
pick a direction and be able to walk in it regardless of what you come upon. And perhaps you might come upon something that makes you have to walk around it or over it or through it or under it. And so we talk kind of about that because what happens is folks come onto class and I, after all the introductions and stuff are over, I say one thing. I say, hey, Trey, why are you here? Or CloverTech, why are you here? And people say things like, well, I want to shoot better. And I say, cool, what's better? Define better. And of course, faster. Okay, define faster. How fast, how far, how big, what's the weapon system, you know, how many rounds. Like, we, So we start to drill in where I want to be safer. All right, give me your gun. I'll take it to the back of my truck, break it in half, take all the bits and pieces out, whip them apart, and it's totally safe, right? So I think too often we don't have enough specificity in the things that we're chasing, be it going to the gym and just fucking walking around and doing like weird shit with dumbbells or our diet or, or, or our thoughts. So we show up at the range or a class. I'm guilty of it in our office. I've got a folder. I'm sure a lot of your listeners and you guys have records of your training. I've got stacks of documents and notes from thousands of hours of training. And a lot of it, I look back and I say, what a complete and utter waste of time so much of this was. So your question, what do I want people to get out of it? I want them to be able to develop specific needs for why they're training because they change what us guys can do right now at whatever age we are, we probably will not be capable of at 70. So our needs and how we approach things change, uh, Maybe the gun, maybe you don't have a gun with you all the time. That's a legitimate concern. So I, I want us to be able to, to look at a problem and, and it's not, not even the problem of like, there's a bad guy in the alley, but I'm going to right. Disney world with my family for a week. Do I know where the hospital is? Do I have all the medicine my kid needs? Do I, do I have good tires on the car? Just, you know, stuff that I think a lot of us take for granted. I grew up kind of in a rural area and this is how I grew up. So to me, this shit's normal. I rent a car. The first thing I do is I check and make sure there's a spare tire and that it's filled <laughs> right. and that there's a jack, but people don't do this shit. So why don't they? Cause they just aren't thinking about it. So I want people to be able to develop the awareness of, of being specific in what their goal is. And that could be something as simple as I want to have a one second draw stroke to a, sh- a first shot on target. That's uh, sure. an A zone seven yards away. Or it could be, I want to be completely comfortable with this new gun and be comfortable in breaking it down or whatever. I mean, it's it's whatever it is. And so that that would be my number one goal. I like it. Um, I think that there are a lot of trainers out there um, that try to broaden everything that they can because they want to try to touch as many people as they can. And I, I understand. Well, it, it is it's, it's most places actually. And, and, and I was going to say something, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, <laughs> the church might not like it. Um, no, but uh, I, I think, I think what I like about trainers is they have a specific goal of what they want to do. Like you do. If you don't have that same goal, don't come to my class. It's it's sure. pretty simple. Go sure. somewhere else that you're looking for handguns 101. This is that's that class for you. If you want to come here and get specific on this, 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 and this, um, that's what I look for is, is in someone that 
has a structured class. They have a, a very clear agenda on what they're trying to get out. Whether or not I agree with everything, you're never going to agree with everything that instructor says. What you hope to do is, this is at least my goal, no matter what class I go to, no matter who, who I'm working with, if I can take home one thing from that person, then that has been worth it because I can add one thing to my practice schedule, whatever it is, a drill, a way to different think about a carry position or how to store firearms in the house, whatever it is. If I can take one thing home from an instructor, then I'm happy. I, I'm not asking you to change my life. I'm not asking you yeah. to be uh, my Zen master. I want you to give me something to think about and give me something to take home. And at that point, it's on me. Uh, because I think the biggest thing, and I want to ask you this is, and I'm sure you probably agree, and we'll bring Clover in as well. Um, most people, I think, go to a class and they think, I went to a two-day class that's five, six hours a day. So I went through 12 hours in two days. I know everything, and he's he's made me what I am. And they don't go home and practice those skills. Um, sure. I believe that gun fighting and handling is a frangible skill. Uh, I think most people would agree with that. The, what upsets me is you see people that say, well, I went to a class. Great. What have you done since then? Yeah. When's, when's that's the last like, time you that's went like, to That's like saying you got a CPR card in your wallet. I'm a CPR <laughs> instructor. So, cause I have this wallet now I'm, I'm you know, good. I'm, yeah. Right. Like that is, that is a completely frangible, perishable skill that you should train all the time. Yeah. I think I have Absolutely. a really a dear friend that's a, um, has run tactical teams. He's, uh, run training and operations for one of the largest overseas contractors, very spun up high speed, hyper fit dude, even into his uh, later years. Now he's getting up there a bit and he would constantly just say, you can never train enough for something that can kill you. And I think that can mean anything like you yeah. can apply that to, I mean, we're all going to die. So if you take this stuff seriously and this pisses people off. This is where you and I were starting to, to you were pushing <laughs> back the other night. But it like people that would say that, all right, fuck stick, go pick up that 50 pound sandbag and hump it to the parking lot and back five times. Give me 20 jumping jacks, 50 push ups. Not because I'm trying to be a drill sergeant, but let's just mm -hmm. tax your system a little bit and then punch your pistol out and give me 10 good hits at, at 10 yards or something. <laughs> yeah you, know, you can't you can't catch your breath and so that i think that that is where we start to see things fall apart yeah that's something that i do and and um when i'm at the range and someone's there they, they kind of look at me weird but before i start shooting i'll do like 20 25 jumping jacks run and play do some push-ups be like what are you, you know it's not because i'm trying to get in shape at the range it's trying to accelerate my heart rate uh, mm -hmm. people that have never shot a firearm with an accelerated heart rate or shorter breaths, you know, they don't understand that when you're in the shit and you're getting ready to have to utilize your firearm for whatever reason, your heart rate goes up, you start shortening your breath. And if you've never shot a gun like that, you don't understand the physical differences 
on how you can be more dangerous than the threat is if you don't know how to handle yourself. And I think that's where a lot of people uh, get upset. Real quick, uh, once again, G23 knows. Unfortunately, I will Ron Burgundy Super Chats. I will say what people put on there. So he knows that. He knows I have to read it. He does say $40. Thank you, by the way, G23, for the men and women who are downraged. Now, 10 millimeter is better than 9 millimeter. That's arguable. I, I, I won't be upset with that. What I will get upset is making me say that 40 Smith is king. Uh, damn you. Damn you. Damn you. Uh, I'm going to take that off the screen. Uh, Jesus, Louise. It's, I, love, it's I love me some 10 millimeter. I've got some. Sweet oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just don't try to convince me that 40 Smith is king. Let's just be real. <laughs> That's funny. In my eyes, the only thing that 40 Smith is good for is it can be converted to 357 sig. That's that's go. for me. That's the only thing. Uh, Chloe, before we jump down another rabbit hole, do you have anything you need to bring up or questions you want to ask Mickey? I know you've had a whole time podcast with him, but yeah. there might be something that you thought of afterwards. Not not yet, but uh, tactical FUD out there has got a question. Uh, it says, "Does Mickey, uh, what kind of training do uh, you have for handicap folks?" Well, I guess it depends on what the the physical limitation right. would be. I've had, I've had people come to class that um, have had all, all manner of issues from uh, like MS where they had a tough time with, with muscle and motor control to, I had a gentleman at class a couple months ago that needed a cane to even walk. Um, I've had people in wheelchairs. I think, I think you need to be creative. And for, from my opinion, that person knows their body better than anybody. So I'm going to yeah. communicate with them. Usually somebody in that situation calls and says, Hey, what do you think? And I, I'll talk with them. What can you do? What can you not do? What are you comfortable doing? But that person still has the natural born right to self-defense. So I think that it's incumbent upon us to help. And if you can't, like, if there's something I'm like, I'm not comfortable with this, I would, seek somebody out that does and i, I think luckily yeah. there's so many people that are training uh that you're there's so much stuff that's been found out in the last 5 10 20 years as like what's a better way of doing things i could put one post up to a group of guys i have on on uh social media there's like 20 instructor dudes that are a friend of mine some really high highly skilled very respectable men and i could say hey i got somebody with this issue or that any of you encountered it what do you think and that's how i approach that kind of stuff right i'm not going to just try to pull shit out of my ass i'm not a <laughs> I, I, you know, i'm not a i'm not an orthopedic surgeon or somebody that specializes but in you prosthetic. but you did stay but but you did stay at, at holiday and express so See, my uh, wife had never heard those commercials just <laughs> just last night i had to i had to youtube like 10 of them to show her those because she had, that's funny you say that <laughs> uh mid tennessee out there says took me weeks to process it all but that's 100 percent accurate mickey push without time constraints to perform under certain stress conditions physical stressors and mental exactly um and it is not just physical and, and i've said this we're going to talk about this, this is me a question uh that, that i've had uh people question my sanity with and and call me out which is fine i love it once again that's what the conversation is um real quick before we do that another Super chat from TJ. TJ knows that I have to read this shit. He says revolvers are awesome. He's laughing his ass off right because I, I said agree that. with I'm TJ. Not a, I'm not a revolver guy, so I love revolvers. Okay, I've got, All right. I've got a I've got a room of them. I love them. 
They're sexy, you and man. Clover, it's like, it's like a, you and Clover like would get along car. really well. Yeah, it's like, see, it's like a classic I just, car, a pump shotgun. I get it. I get it, but I don't. <laughs> I get it. Uh, Michael I, do Reese. I to, do I want to go to war with one? No. 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 I, hey, can I we it. show? Can we show guns on this feed? I don't care. Read don't that care. next go question. All right. What's the best 10 millimeter pistol you would recommend? Clove, I'm going to start with you. Uh, for someone that might be looking to get into a 10 millimeter um, pistol, is there one that just straight comes to your mind that says this is a great starting point? Well, the money, that Gerson 1911 Hunter, without a doubt. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the SIG uh, 220, if you're a SIG fan and you got twice that much money, that SIG 220 right. Hunter is sweet. Um, yeah, the G40, the Glock 40 is sweet. The Glock 20 is sweet too, but I mean, and and I have the 20, not the 40. But you know, if I had the money, I would I would go with the 40 over the 20. Right. I'm going to come over here and oh, never mind. I don't have it here. It must be in another location. Yeah, I was going to say I got my Springfield. Um, my Ronin 1911, which is a beautiful, beautiful, it's probably the prettiest gun I own is that Ronin. It's just a beautiful, just a beautiful gun. I thought it was in here, but I guess it's not. So you're losing yeah. guns now? I've rubbed off on you that much? <laughs> I know, right? It's just one of those things, man. No, I don't. Losing it and thinking it was in one place and it's probably in another is a different thing. Uh, so Mickey, um, if someone were to say, I want to get into the 10 millimeter for the first time, what's a really good solid? It, it doesn't have to be a cheap one. It could be whatever. But what's what's the best 10 millimeter that you've ever owned or shot? You're muted. You're muted. Yeah. There you go. How about now? Yeah, you're good now. I would say, what's it for? If it's just for fun, get a get a Glock twenty. Uh, but I, I've got a Glock forty, which is the long slide. That's what Clover says that he likes the forty more than the twenty. Ben Ben from Boresight Solutions sexed one up for me. It's a grip reduction, which makes it about the size of a seventeen, and then uh, it's all mm. stippled nice. And then I've got a uh, very nice SRO on there. So hot loads, good hot loads. No pun intended. You can center punch a deer out to a hundred yards no sweat yeah and, and yeah that's a good one which is pretty badass yeah the uh the 10 millimeter is i still think that the nine millimeter is the lord's caliber but um 10 millimeter is is probably my second favorite uh pistol caliber um yeah, 10 millimeter grows on me. And I think it grows on whoever shoots one. I think really it'll grow on you too. It, it's it's just got it's got that pump, that that the oomph to it, but it's not overbearing. But you know the energy and the power is there. You know that that's a knockout punch without really beating you up. And that's it's a cool feeling. Uh T out there says, This is to you, Mickey. Do you and D-Day Medical do any classes in Alabama? So Don Day, owner of D-Day Response Group, he's an 18 Delta, uh, was, as well as a firefighter paramedic from one of the busiest uh, 
fire protection districts in the state of Florida, just for the other listener viewers. Uh, he started a company called D-Day Response Group, passing on that stuff. And we created a program that we do together. It's my S-12 event. And so we do a very intensive TCCC course coupled with combatives, a lot of live fire exercises. That's the event that Mid-Tennessee Firearms Training was recently at that he's bringing his wife back to. The reason that we don't travel around and do that course and we only do it in Nashville is we're on a 450 acre private property that allows me to blow shit up. Yeah, uh, we, we flood it. We flood the place with smoke. We do all kinds of things that you just can't do at like a mom and pop gun range. Plus, we stay on site. So there's 60 there's 60 beds of private housing. There's a commercial kitchen. It's a badass place. So um, I could I could find you some TCCC training in Alabama. But that event only happens in Nashville. Drive north, my friend. Come to the event. Yeah. Um was that property obviously was not set up ideally initially for that training, but has it become now that that is what it's there for? I mean, do you have enough classes going through that, that that's its primary we use? The, or? We are the only people that do that. It's actually a retreat. Oh, okay, center. cool. People, people, oh, okay, people cool. get married there. So it's very high end. It's uh, oh, you know, it's hardwood okay. floors, granite countertops. It's a beautiful place that like corporate people would bring all their sales people out for a retreat I bet they love person. having you there. <laughs> well, the, the, the owner's a good old boy. He's a good dude. We keep the place very neat. Uh, we, we, he said that we leave it in better shape than any guest he's ever had. And I give the guy about $60,000 a year in rent because we're there twice. So um, that helps. He, he, yeah, he doesn't mind it. Yep. Uh, tactical FUD, high point 10 millimeter. Um, uh, no recoil. I'm going to say this and, and, and people shit on high points. I get it. Trust me, but I'm going to say this. If you've never shot a high point carbine, they're actually pretty good. They're a little heavy, but they're good. The 10 millimeter carbine especially is really, really good. So if you're out there and you're looking for a pistol caliber carbine and you don't want to break the bank, honestly, don't give a shit what people say or think. I will tell you straight up. Maybe you trust my word. Legit, the high point carbines are good to go. Um, so if you if you're if you've never gotten into one, you want to try one without breaking the bank, look into a high point carbine. It, they are what they are. They're a little bit heavy, they're a little bit bulky, but they're gonna run and, and they actually are pretty, pretty damn good. So uh, that be, yeah. might be that might be the cheapest, and that's a carbine, and that might it's be carbine, the cheapest yeah. 10 millimeter you can pick up, period. You know, back before the cough, cough bullshit, you could probably pick one up for two fifty. Hmm. Yeah, I can't think of another maybe, 10 millimeter maybe three hundred at the you most. I can't think of a yeah. ten millimeter handgun that you can pick up for the price of the ten millimeter carbine. The carbine, exactly. I yeah, no doubt. Yeah, um, CNT says D Day training is top notch from what he's seen other content. Would love to go to an S twelve event. There you go. Get out there. Um, sign up for a class. Like I said, um, let's see here. Marcus says his 10 millimeter Chris Vector. Yeah. Now you're talking some good stuff there. I like, I like some Vector. Um, the nine millimeter Vector might be the quickest shooting gun. The full auto. That I shot. The full auto. The full auto. Is yeah. one of the quickest full autos you're ever gonna shoot. It's like, 
and it's 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 over so it's pretty cool pretty cool it's kind of like uh, sex with mid tennessee firearms training that guy <laughs> my not, wife not that said, i've been involved in it but i just kind of heard well i was going to wonder how you would know that but i would say that my wife would agree with that Stephen, for me too so uh you know what i don't make up in length and girth i do not make up in time either so it is what it is um yeah it's over. Uh, <laughs> mid tennessee says you're not a real man unless you attend your s12 event so he's 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 questioning manhood out there that's he's awesome this guy's balls and he's still selling <laughs> Uh, he's gonna cut sixty grand a year, maybe. Uh, no, man, check in the mail. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, we know kind of your mantra in which you look to get information out. We know that there are thousands of firearm and self defense and medical and all that trainers out there. What's going to set you apart in your mind? What's different about someone coming to your classes versus other people's? It's a good question. First of all, I will say there are a lot of good people out there doing, uh, yeah. passing on skills. Many of them are friends and mentors of mine. Some of them are the, the men that I've learned from. I will also say 1% of them are anybody I would send my family to. Uh, why would I say that? Uh, is there people? So I, I, I have helped organizations like NRA develop nationwide training programs uh, that are no longer in existence. NRA went through a big change up a couple of years ago, but I helped develop a program called the carry guard program. Uh, and it was not something that's normal to NRA. I'm not, I'm not talking about stroking NRA. What I'm, why I'm saying this is, I've been exposed to people across the country and there are a lot of people that are what I would call hobbyists. I enjoy shooting. I, I find it fun as such. I'd like to make some bucks doing it. When we help pass concealed carry here in Illinois, which nobody believed that we could do just as in all States, people flooded into that space like a gold rush to make money. Because they knew yep. citizens were going to jump on the bandwagon of of uh, trying to teach to make some money. Florida and your home state of Texas, when when um, Texas became one of the first states after the Luby's Cafe massacre, and a lot of young guys below forty don't know any of this history. And this is what I Absolutely. think I bring to the table. It's not just about shooting the guns. It's liberty. These guns exist to protect liberty. They don't exist as fun toys, which they can be. They don't exist because you fucking want one. They exist to suppress tyranny. And oftentimes that tyranny is loudest and the worst amongst the people in these groups because they don't appreciate or understand the totality of what our republic is and our role in it. So I try to bring some history uh, to these discussions not just the history of firearms, but the history of our Republic and try to instill in people why they should be studying these things to develop a broader understanding to help create the ethos in them that I think is necessary to become a good member of our Republic, to be a good citizen. The next thing that I would add to that, and this is not something that I have come up with on my own, but friends of mine like Paul Sharp, D.R. Middlebrooks and others, uh, 
have the same concept in their head. Everybody that goes to any type of training, it could anything you could think of, go to Home Depot and learn how to set tile on a Sunday morning. If you're a man, you are now going to fancy yourself somewhat an expert, as you already stated. I went to this thing, and most people that show up at training, in a, in that person's sphere of life, the office, the fucking construction site, their church, wherever, that guy is the gun guy. Hey, Bob, you know, with all this pandemic shit going on, me and the old lady, you know, we are not gun people. What kind of gun should I get? Or, Bob, you helped me get that. AR last year. I've never fucking shot it. What do we got to do? And so that guy takes this information on. It is very much a core concept of our course that I drill into you expert gun handling. And by that, I mean, not just safe, but that you dominate the muzzle, the trigger, and that you have a, a very good connection between your conscious brain and that muzzle at all times and can operate it not in the term operator but move through your house and we run drills with chamber flags and guns and we talk about and we're moving to exhaustion sometimes and you think if if you're not comfortable doing this with a flag sticking out of your muzzle don't pull your fucking gun out at church don't pull your gun out at a school don't pull your gun out in the park or wherever in your own house <laughs> and so i want to help people develop an awareness and an understanding of not just this is how you hold the gun, this is how you press the trigger, but we're practicing a martial skill, a martial craft, an art of fighting with a weapon, except our our ability to impart force goes beyond our fist and feet or a bludgeon uh, or a blade. And we are extending our will farther away, which makes it something I believe to be even more, uh, something that we should be even more thoughtful about. So am I the only person doing that? No, not whatsoever. But I do believe that in the time that we spend together, we work really hard. Uh, I just did a two-day course in Princeton, New Jersey. We worked over 20 hours in two days. I don't take a lot of breaks. You got to know your audience. Of course, I'm not going to push old ladies into the ground. But I'm not. if I travel across the country and you took time off of work and away from your family, we're going to fucking work. And, and we work. A ask the kid, the grown man there with no penis that can't pleasure his wife from mid-Tennessee firearms training, and he'll tell you we work. So that's what you get out of it. I'm not there to tell war stories because I have none. I'm not there yep. to, to show off and tell you how good I am because uh, that's not why we're there. We're there to impart as much knowledge in a succinct skill set, which is yep. mastery of the, of the pistol or whatever weapon platform that we're shooting. I love that you brought up something, and again, that I want to touch on now. I talked about it. I've said this over the last few years, and I get people just literally be screaming at me as much as you can from behind a keyboard, all caps, you know, you're a fucking idiot, or what the hell are you talking about? Uh, hmm. So I know they're screaming at me because they're in all caps, you know. Uh, I listen harder when people type in all caps, so that just people know that. Uh, but I, I said this a few years ago, and I stand by it. And you kind of mentioned something similar, and I don't know if we completely agree or not, but I'll, I'll get your opinion on this. I'm a firm believer that if you're not physically ready, whether you have practiced the draw, you've you've worked on different movements on how to have your situation awareness and all that. But mentally carrying every day is a mental decision that you have to make. You have to be mentally 
prepared to pull that trigger and end the life of another human being if needed. That's the purpose of defending your family and yourself is to defend yourself to whatever extent that means might just be fighting. Sometimes it's okay to get your ass beat and walk away to live another day. I tell people all the time, just because you carry it doesn't mean you have to use it. Sometimes the fist fight is better to do and You can get your ass beat, but you live, you both live to fight another day. But I truly believe, and this is where I get people pissed off at me. If you're not mentally ready to pull that trigger, you haven't made that conscious decision that this is what I'm going to do and here's why I'm going to do it. And if the situation pops up at the 7-Eleven or wherever, and there's a direct threat on me or my family, if you're not mentally and physically prepared to pull that trigger, I just assume you not carry a gun. Now, people get pissed because I'm big. Concealed carry is one of my biggest things. I want everyone to carry, but I don't want you to carry if you're not ready for it. And I said, and people say, I can't believe it. You say you don't want people to carry. I don't because if you're not physically or mentally prepared to take that shot and you freeze or you, you flinch, you're more dangerous than that threat is because you could hit someone behind. You could, you could do a lot more damage if you're not mentally and physically prepared. Now that might not be the most popular stance in the world, but from what I'm hearing, I'm not putting words. I'm going to give you time to talk about it, but it sounds like you're kind of in that same similar. If you're not ready to make a decision on whatever it is in your life, then don't do it. But I want to kind of get your feelings. If someone's not mentally and physically prepared, would you rather them, Fake it until they make it or not carry until they're ready to carry. I don't think that there is a greater truism in the course of mankind than the power of our mind. The Stoics Mm -hmm. knew it. Every man or woman that thought about this long enough understood that Christ said it as a man thinks, so shall he be. Every, anybody that thought of this said it and, and knew it as a fact. I've, I've got, friends i've uh, got a couple of buddies that were combat aviators one of them was a admiral over the entire pacific strike fleet so this is a guy that understands the shitty flu for the blue angels i got another buddy that was an f-15 pilot every pilot that flies in that fashion has done all kinds of mental imagery in pre-flight but before a combat mission these guys sit around tables and imagine exactly as these planes bank, climb, turn, etc. when the bombs are dropping. I, I, I'm not a, a combat aviator, so I'm just surmising. You talk to a football player that's at a high level, that's skilled. They imagine striking their opponent, driving them to the dirt, getting the sack. You talk to a boxer or a, a, a fighter, and they imagine the sound, the feel. They imagine mm. exactly as it's going to be. My friend Jared Reston, who's uh, got an amazing story, go check him out, shot seven times, first round entered through his jaw, blew out his neck, and he shot and killed the attacker with a 40 cal. All those rounds hit, and the final round he had to drag this guy on top of him and contact shoot him in the head. He went on to work 10 more years. Jared says, I will never know I lost a fight, period. Because the lights will go out. And that is the way he trains his brain. Jared also likes to say, I've killed a million men a million times in a million places. And people say, man, he's a sicko. He's not. What he's saying is, if somebody comes through that door with this, I'm moving that way. 
if I'm in this movie theater and the lights shut off or something happens, I'm grabbing my wife, stuffing her to the floor, and I'm hauling ass down the stairs with my pistol and light out and running through, just whatever it is. These are four, four examples. And yep. it is it has been proven by science and and by men and women like us doing it. If you can't imagine yourself doing the thing, you're probably not going to. Now, I've never had to shoot somebody, and I hope I never do, but nor do I fantasize about it with any kind of, of sick lust for blood or violence. But I do tell myself I'll do the right thing at the right time. Every time my friend, super Dave, who ran range 27 out at Fort Bragg, that's his kind of his saying, do the right thing at the right time, every time. And it's kind of a, a mouthful, but he's right. And if we don't, it's hard to think like that yeah. if you're not used to it. Because you have to be able to imagine yourself doing things that you wouldn't want to do. But if I can't, I, I ask every student, who wins in a fight? Who tells you when to quit? I do. Right. Who, tells, who, yeah. who tells your opponent when to quit? And usually half of the group will have this philosophical approach. I tell them when to quit. And I go, well, wait a second. If you get to decide when you quit, doesn't this person that you're fighting or people also get to decide? Maybe this fucking bad guy's got hopes and dreams too. Maybe he wants to buy a house on the beach. Maybe he's got kids. Maybe he wants a boat, etc. You know, th that guy, just because you have, you feel that you are demoralizing him might not actually be, or due to uh, drug psychosis, mental illness, etc. He might not be using rational thought, which is probably the case. So we need to be able to physically work through pain, fear, adversity, et cetera, to stop whatever's happening that's trying to kill us. So that is where we start to go from the mechanics of using a firearm. It's kind of like the mechanics of how do I cut a board to assemble a cabinet or a house? Yeah. And it's something completely different. Or I can take a scalpel and cut flesh it's something entirely different to dig around inside and do some shit. And I think that's right. the that's the the disconnect where I learned how to shoot this. Okay, let me slap you in the fucking head real hard. Let me make some blood pour out of your nose. And of course, we don't do this to people. Let me make your eyes start watering. Let me stun you. Let me. I have a friend that has students bring photos of their family, and they put it on the target and he gives them this whole screaming speech. He's another green beret. They're fucking dead. They're fucking dead. I'm raping your old lady. You know, it tries to get them to imagine it. You imagine you close your eyes right now and imagine I'm fucking your wife in the ass and your kids are dead. Like, I mean, that's kind of a picture that if most people are not going to sit and imagine such a thing, and I'm sorry if I'm offending right. anybody, that's, but to do bad things, you have to imagine yourself doing bad things and, and, creating holes in another human body over and over again until they cease to be capable of fighting you is a bad thing. That's a very righteous use of force. I, I can't I tell one story. Yeah, go for it. I think this story perfectly paints the picture of what you're talking about. I tell it often in class driving home from my buddy, Paul Sharp's jujitsu gym about three, four five years ago. I can't remember the exact date. Very busy six lane highway about 10 o'clock in the morning on like a warm summer day. So traffic was light. This is pre COVID. And right as I cut through an intersection, a two car crash, the cars are still moving. Like one of them still spinning as I'm flying North, they were going South. 
and one of them was coming from the east and uh, it was a t-bone one car spun off the road and smashed into a big brick sign in front of a bank and the other one is on fire it's a minivan all the airbags went off it's an older minivan so it wasn't like a you know modern car 90s things on fire fluid all over the road antifreeze transmission fluid and it just so happens that there's a lull in traffic where I can make a U-turn over the median and I get behind this car. By the time I make this turn, because I'm going highway speeds, a minute's passed and there's two men trying to get into the car. So I see two men by this minivan. So I jog over to the other car, just trying to be a good citizen, right? This isn't like a hero story. It's, it illustrates your point. And I see this guy in the, the vehicle, that's by the sign and he's okay. He's not dying. I'm an EMT. I'm not, you know, an ER doc, but I've got a little bit of training in this stuff. So a couple other people come up. That's cool. I'll run back out into traffic because cars are flying by. This seems like the little higher priority cars filling with smoke. And these dudes are like, the doors are all locked. The windows are up. Like, I guess we'll just have to wait for fire. I had parked my truck kind of blocking this vehicle. I've got a, uh, one of those uh, diamondback covers and there's a toolbox mm -hmm. underneath it. I flipped it. And as soon as it opens up, there's a large uh, 24 ounce, 28 ounce framing hammer that I just keep in there for just such things in a huge four foot crowbar and a small fire extinguisher, which since then I have replaced with two big commercial yeah. fire extinguishers because this little fire nice. extinguisher wasn't enough. So I grabbed the hammer and the guy goes, well, you can't break the window. One of the dudes, like we're standing in all the fluids from the engine. I'm the pretty sure she's not going to care if I break her window right now. <laughs> she's unconscious, slumped over the steering wheel. The airbags have emptied. I've told this story a few times in this context on podcast. She's got compound fractures in both of her wrists. I mm. don't see it until after the fact, but she's got compound fractures in her lower legs from just slamming into everything as she went forward. She's old, too. Yeah. 10 seconds has elapsed since I've walked up, but these guys are like, well, you clearly can't break the window. Like we're not the police. And I just was like, get out of the way, broke the window behind her, reached in, unlocked the door, slid her out onto the ground. And we were there for probably four or five more minutes before fire got there. So we were able to get her away from the smoke, kind of stabilize her a little bit, at least get her out of the roadway. And I don't recommend moving people if you don't know what you're doing. But the exigency of the circumstances, she's in a burning vehicle in a busy road. And they were so conditioned to wait for authorities, which you should do in many situations, but not this one. And it, the look on the man's face, we can't break the window. No, you can't break the window. I'm about right. to get the fuck out of my way. And it's not, it, and that is exactly what it is. Like the ability to decide what's right, what's wrong. And yep. it, that does not come from people that say, and I get this from a lot of veterans that know that I am, um, I do not have a tactical background. They'll say, well, you never know what you're going to do till you get there. hundred percent. I've done a little flying of small airplanes. You don't wait until the engine quits to figure out how that goes. You train for it. You don't, right. in medicine, you don't wait until the patient doesn't respond to whatever treatment they're, you're doing and then come up on the fly. You study the history of whatever the ailment is and look at the science behind it. 
in driving, you don't take your kid out and say, at some point you're going to slide on the snow or the ice or the rain. Hope you figure it out. No, you fucking learn how to do it in the safety of a parking lot. And that's, that's really, I think the disconnect from a lot of people in the training community and, and a lot of individuals, you're never going to know what you do until you get there. Well, then never practice for a sales call, never practice for anything really in life. Just fucking thrust yourself into it and see what the fuck happens. That's dumb. Yep. So I, yep. I, I I hope that answers your question about my opinion on the matter. I think it's clear. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I like it. You know, it's it's a, it's a great a great example. Um, and you were talking about you know veterans and military stuff. There is a reason why we work uh, a normal workup might be ninety days before we go somewhere. Um, we do whatever it is we're going to do hundreds thousands of times under very tight time restraints and different scenarios before we even get there. And I promise you the training is much harder than the real thing designed for a reason. If you can dodge a wrench, if you can <laughs> say, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Uh, absolutely. Um, if you can put yourself in a position to to the extreme fight mentally and physically through a scenario then you're preparing yourself and typically those scenarios are a little bit easier um than what the training is because you've gone through every scenario you've gone through everything possible in your head that could go wrong even in your wildest imaginations this could never happen but what if it does well, here's a contingency plan for this. Mm -hmm. There's a contingency a, plan for this. A happens, we a happens B, absolutely. Yeah. And there is a mentality to that that a lot of people, I think, I don't know if it's because it's ignorance, if it's laziness. I probably think it's a little bit of both, that they don't want to learn that or they're afraid to learn that they don't know everything or they're just too lazy to put the work in. Either way, those three things are very, very dangerous in life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, the ignorant, lazy person is the scariest person of all. Yeah. Um, well, so, the, yeah. Um, this so this world is, is pockmarked with graves of these people, not just from violence, but read the book To Build a Fire from Jack London. You know, that's, yeah. that's a fiction, but dumbass tries to go into the Klondike in winter without proper clothes and freezes to death. I mean, people just do stupid shit. Right. There's uh, you know, one of the greatest lines ever in a movie is stupid is a stupid does. It's true. Um, and it's so true. It's Clover. I know that you've been watching the chat. I know you probably got a backlog. Um, I appreciate everybody putting their statements and questions out there. I'm not going to stop a conversation midstream to answer. That's why we're going to get to them at once. So we might have two or three real quick, Mickey, that Clover has coming up. Uh, what you got, Clove? Uh, mostly a back and forth out there, honestly, with Jacob. You know, he's kind of. Yeah, it's a great one. He's, and Jacob's a young guy, Mickey. He's probably about early 20s. Just got into guns a couple years ago and comes in asking phenomenal questions. And he, he truly wants to learn as much as he can. Um, so yeah, he always brings a lot of great stuff, but is there anything out there that, uh, maybe I want to say maybe Buck had something, um, for Mickey earlier. I don't know if it's still we relevant. Got, or not. We got, oh yeah, Buck did. Now that I'm seeing it. Yeah. 
Yeah, we can do mine. But yeah, Buck's asking uh, Mickey, how many people do you need to have a class? So no normally our classes are like anywhere from 16 to 20 people, depending on the nature of the course. Our S12 event actually has about 40 students in it, except there's about a half a dozen instructors involved in that program. So um, just a quick side note, we don't expect somebody to fill a class. Normally what we do is find a location and then all of that filling of the class happens on our website, unless the person or entity is looking for something for like an organization or a group of guys or something like that. So uh, you could pay me and I'll just come drink beer with you. I mean, I don't even need to do a class. <laughs> there you go. Right. So you are willing to take the show on the road. If someone was to call and say, Hey, I've got 10 buddies that we want to do X amount of training. That's, is that something you'd be interested the show in? Doing? has been on the road for years, friend. I just left. Uh, <laughs> I just left New Jersey. I'm in Chicago. I'll be in Washington state in about a week and a half. Yeah. We're in 30 to 40 States a year. Awesome. 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 Depending on what we're doing. Absolutely. Um, there was a thing, Clover, that you put over here in the side chat that I wanted to uh, bring up. I'm not real sure. I hope everything's okay. Um, but uh, Mundo, I'm not even going to try to unbooster that name, but Mundo out there says, a hug to my son, Caio, here in Brazil. I hope everything's okay for you in Brazil. I hope your son's okay. If, if you're if you need anything, let me know. Um, I might not know something that can help you, but there's a vast network that a bunch of us have intertwined veins in that that knows someone that knows someone anywhere in the world at any given time, probably. Just saying, I hope everything's okay. You get a, the old YouTube hug. So, yeah, I don't know. I hope everything's okay with that. Um. Yeah, and then MidTM was just following up with uh, your body and mind will never be able to do something in a crisis situation that it has not trained to do. And that's what we've pretty much been talking about this whole time. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, would, I would add to that that there are thousands and thousands of people across the world. This is a, another fallacy of training. If you don't, If you don't get as good as a Marine or better than this person or this to this level, you're fucked. Yeah. There are thousands of moms in in untrained people that stop home invaders and stop robbers and all. Uh, but that is that's the fallacy of watching footage. That's in this in this new phenomenon. Here's this footage of a bank robbery or a gas station holdup, and they did this or they did that. Thus, I'll do it. I'm not going to watch children play soccer if I want to learn to play like Pele. I'm not going to watch, you know, so. It, just because it worked, it's a, it, it, it doesn't mean that that's the highest iteration of a thing. But, I mean, in reality, to learn good gun handling really only takes a, a, a week or two of training. And then you just ingrain that with awareness and body posture and a mindset of, of winning and, and not putting yourself in stupid places and spaces. So I don't think like, like if, if you're not going to become tactical Timmy that spends your, all your free time training and dry firing and shit doesn't mean you're not going to be able to win in a fight. It just means that you maybe are not as prepared as somebody that's, that, that is doing it is. Yep. I, I think that the, the correlation and, and that you just brought up the analogy, if you will, of military, 
Um, the reason why military guys are so good at certain skill sets is because there's thousands of hours of doing it over mm. and over and over. And when you do it wrong, you get called on it or you get punished for it. So it's not just practice makes perfect. It's perfect practice makes perfect. And mm -hmm. it's, it's one of those things, no matter what, whether it's frying an egg or grilling a steak, you're not going to walk up to a grill for the first time and take your ribeye out and cook it to a perfect medium rare. I used Without to ruin burning meat. or charring anything. <laughs> yeah, I used to yeah. ruin meat. Now I'm pretty good Absolutely. at it. Absolutely. But we've been doing it for years and years. Right. And you, you learn different techniques from other people that say, oh, okay, I get that. Or, you know, I never, I didn't know that you're supposed to let it rest before you eat. I thought you just pull it straight off the grill and start eating, you know, all this stuff. But you've been doing it for years and years and, and hours upon hours. And in anything that you do in life, I, I will say this, if you want to do something and you want to accomplish something, the lazy way out is saying, well, I'm just going to practice every day. Practice perfectly every day hmm. or whatever, however often that you can practice. I would much rather someone practice once a week for 10 minutes, but do it perfectly Focus. than every, yeah. day for, for, yeah. for every day for five minutes, just do and go through the motions. I would you add know? to that the challenge that I see in this space, somebody brought up guitar on, on yeah, G Webster. Yeah. Yeah. So my father's a very excellent guitarist, professional guitarist. And people would say, I'd hear him. People would say like, Oh, his name's Mike. Mike, you're so gifted. You're so gifted. It's such amazing that you have this gift. He and was they, born that way. <laughs> and he, you know, he, while, while his buddies were out chasing tail, he's geeking out in his bedroom listening to records because that's how it was done. There was no websites. You'd, you'd play the record and try to recreate the notes that that whoever it was was playing. And, and right. that, that built, but, but to your point, sitting there with a metronome trying to make perfect time. Sitting there listening to Buddy Rich records, listening to the drum beat to try to to try to keep perfect time with the rhythm or what, whatever it was. So guys come out and they say, "Well, I'm." I saw this horrendous video somebody sent me. It's a bunch of cool looking guys. They they're kitted up in expensive gear. Uh, they got suppressors. They got freaking IR indicators on their shit. They got these guys got nice hardware, and they're running these drills. You know, guys like um, who am I thinking of? What's his name? It'll come to me in a second. There's a there's a very famous instructor that a lot of dudes don't know of anymore that was a high-level uh, competitive shooter. And he's really one of the guys that started coming up with these drills where he put cones on the ground like in an X. This is 20, 25 years ago. Uh, my friend Pat McNamara does it, but Pat didn't come up with it. This dude, I'm trying to remember his name, did. And they, they were just a very simple drill where you would move yourself quickly between these cones, cause, creating different manipulations. Benny Cooley. Benny Cooley is the guy I'm thinking of. And so guys see this shit and it's like, okay, this is cool. And they recreate it without a whole context of what it is they're looking at or the, yeah. like they watched it. So they recreate it. So these guys are doing they, it. They, but they don't know why the drill was even created to begin with. Right. And so yeah. these dudes are muzzling the fuck out of each other with loaded carbines. The guy wipes out in the mud, muzzles the whole crowd. They're just, I mean, it was just like insane to watch and they're laughing and grab ass and it's like, you guys are morons. You're not, this is not a martial art. This is moronic and you've got expensive gear. I'd rather have a bone stock, uh, carry handle, A2 
uh, M16 in a in a person that understands proper gun manipulations and how to move and not fall on their ass and muzzle everybody, you know, that kind of shit. And you slip, everybody can slip and fall, but I don't know why I went on that tangent. People, you need to go, I know why, because the perfect practice. Yeah. So many of the competitive shooters that I know had to learn through the the, the crucible of the match where the, the timer and the targets don't lie. So you'd go practice, and most of these guys practice alone, and they're using the metric of time distance and maybe some standardized like a bill drill bill wilson created the bill drill mm -hmm. seven yards from the holster in a zone a good part times two seconds for a good shooter well i'll see guys say i'm shooting a bill drill and they're shooting a big piece of steel from 10 yards well that's not a bill drill and you missed so that's not a bill just so that you didn't even complete the drill they'll go my bill drill time was four seconds with two misses well no that's you you fucking in, incomplete motherfucker so yeah it, there's so much lost when you don't have i'm getting preachy go get some fucking training so that you understand how to train correctly i'm 100 no, percent. no sorry. you're good you're good i love it i love this is one of the conversations that clover and i had about you we talked about you behind your back uh yeah. after you were on his show uh this is the conversation that you and i had and i said you know look my biggest thing is and he knows this about me i'm going to challenge someone i want to know are they convicted in their beliefs are they just saying shit to say it or are they truly convicted in what they're thinking and i love someone that truly whether it's right or wrong in other people's minds doesn't matter to me do you truly believe what you're saying and, and live that way are you passionate about it because if you're not passionate about whatever it is you're doing or saying then why are you doing it Maybe. and um i'm very passionate to a point to where um yeah i i i i don't get along with a lot of people because i will straight up tell you what i'm thinking and but here's the thing i expect the same from you I expect you to be able to tell me exactly what you're thinking. We can hash it out and at the end of it say, hey, we're good. Right on. We don't have to agree, but we can we can agree that we're both passionate about what we think and all of that. Um, Discourse is healthy. 100%. 100%. Marcus out there says, uh, in New York and New Jersey, the state is going to make people take firearm training classes in order to get a CCW, will your classes be eligible to, to submit for state certification? After you answer that question, I want you, you touched on this earlier. Um, and I think that the mandatory, and, and I'm all for training, everyone knows this, but we've been doing this for a long, long time. I know where you're um, going. The mandatory CCW classes are an absolute fallacy to me because. You're getting. You're going to get the instructors are simply there to make the money. They don't give a damn whether or not you can handle a firearm in a safe or, or productive manner. They just want to be able to shoot a plate from three yards away and say, yep, you're good to go. If you're going to do, I would say this, most people that truly care are going to go get training. That's just that. Yeah. So my question to you is, answer your question, would your training class be able to be certified for that? And two, I want your opinion on the CC mandatory CCW classes. So first question, I can't answer that because those states have not yet created or crafted any legislation 
usually the state polices in states are the ones crafting uh, the, the, the uh, legislature usually will lean on the state police to craft some prerequisites. Um, so I don't know that. Uh, usually there's some certifying process. Some states like Florida, for example, our classes satisfy that. Utah, you got to have a Utah licensed instructor. My state, the same thing. I will say there are some excellent instructors. I got a friend up here. His name's John Krupa. John is a uh, was a retired CPD guy. Excellent guy. Owns a company called Spartan Tactical Training Consultants, I believe is the full name. He's been doing it 25, 30 years. John does a good Illinois concealed carry, of course. So if you have to do it, go to a guy like John. What do most people do? They shop for what's cheapest because they just Ooh. want the piece of paper. I do them usually once or twice a year. And it's only for like buddies or buddies, wives, yeah. or Hey man, and we'll get like 10 people together and we knock it out. State mandate, Illinois, 30 rounds. You fire uh, 10 from five, 10 from seven, 10 from 10 at a, uh, a B 27, the entire mm -hmm. outside ring. Um, you're, I've never had anybody come close to failing. Cause you only have to have 70% to pass. Right. So, 30 rounds prerequisite. I have people bring at least 250 rounds of ammo. We dry fire for freaking hours. We're repping out of the holster for hours. And how I'm able to do this and still do the state requirements, we've got requirements for how long we have to talk about gun safety, right. gun, gun cleaning, gun storage, gun transportation, is that as we're dry firing, I'm talking about gun safety, gun Absolutely. storage, and all that shit. And we'll work longer. It's a 16-hour course. In the U.S., we have the most onerous requirements. Do I think it should be mandated? So there's this argument from the general public. Hey, driver's licenses, you got to have training, or pilot's licenses. Uh, driver's licenses and pilot's licenses are not constitutionally protected rights. We do have a constitutionally protected right to own a firearm. There is a reason that our founders, I believe it was Patrick Henry during the famous speech that he said, give me liberty or give me death. He had said, I have but one lamp to guide me. And he was talking about the lamp of truth. These guys, while some of them were imperfect men that even owned people, they were perfect in the concept of the quest for knowledge. If anybody's ever seen the movie uh, with Tom Hanks, uh, Angels and no, not that, not that one. Which one am I thinking of? Yeah, it was that not Angels, one. Angels yeah. and Demons. One of those ones. It was yeah. one of those ones. You know, all this folklore about the founders where they're like, you know, uh, all these secret society shit. The secret society was a quest for knowledge. It was study of science. At the time, science was looked at as like hocus pocus because people believed mm. purely in religion and Bible. The Bible was science. I'm not trying to start any shit. If you truly appreciate that you have this right, this most sacred of rights that nobody on the earth really has, this experiment of liberty that we have here in this nation, and you, so many gun people are like, you know, they, they take this this as this flippant thing that, yeah, fuck off, it's, it's in the paper, so give it to me. By the paper, I mean the Bill of Rights. Without any concept of what mm. that took to create, Everywhere I travel, and this is a long answer to your short question, everywhere no, I travel I on the East Coast, I go to great lengths to find the graves of our founders, and I go visit those graves. I just was at the Berkeley Plantation on the James River in Virginia. 
drove about an hour out of the way to drive out there. I was alone on this trip and I was at uh, one of the signers graves. The signer ran that plantation. They had slaves. There was some horrible shit that went on there. I'm sure uh, during the civil war at that uh, same plantation, the union army took it over and camped there for months uh, right on the river. Um, but I walked down to the cemetery alone and, and walked up to that grave. Uh, I'm looking up the town that it's in. Oh, it's actually in Charles city, Virginia, Charles city, Virginia. It's right near Williamsburg. Okay. It was purchased. It was purchased in like the 1900s by a family that really put it back together. And oh, something that you'll appreciate. The first time taps was played was played on that property. A young awesome. bugler, a young bugler wrote taps. Uh, so it was pretty cool to be there and read yeah. read about it. They've they've got some uh, some stuff there about uh, about him. So um, Harrison was the signer. Uh, Benjamin Harrison, Benjamin Harris, his uh, grandson or, or son and great grandson both became U.S. presidents. One of them died very quickly in office, I believe. I believe so. Yes. Yeah. But William Henry there. What's that? William Henry, I think, was the one that died very quickly. I believe, I believe. you're right. I believe you're right. Yeah. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. At, no, that's OK. That's OK. You look at what these guys did. And oftentimes we, we lose track and we say they were bad. They did these bad things. Well, the fucking people saying that are jerking off to weird shit on the internet. The people saying that are cheating on their taxes. The people saying that are fucking cheating on their old ladies, speeding through freaking red lights, driving and drinking. They're doing bad shit too. It's yeah. just, a, and I'm not trying to judge anybody. Look at yeah. what these people did to create this union. Now, why I wanted to go see this guy's grave. It's a cool story. Look him up at the signing. So he was kind of a big fat dude. And mm. there was another signer that was, it was very solemn. Uh, I forgot who, who wrote this down, but go read about the signing in what Benjamin said during it. The tall skinny guy, what was his name? Doesn't matter. He's shaking. Because all these guys know that by putting their name on the Declaration of Independence. You're there forever. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they, they had said, by putting our name on here, we, we are literally signing our own death warrants. Mm -hmm. Harrison said to this tall, skinny dude, he goes, well, I'm me paraphrasing. I'm glad that I'm fat. I'll be dead in seconds. You, on the other hand, are going to hang on that rope, kicking for hours. He's trying to make a joke to lighten the mood, right? Right. I mean, that's a, how, how badass is that? I'm signing my fucking death warrant, and as I do it, I'm making a joke. Well, I'm glad I'm a fat ass, because once they put yeah. me in the noose, I'm going to die quickly. Back to the point of these firearms. I, this experiment of liberty that we created here in this country we're not a fucking democracy people need to get that stupidity out of their head in fact just just research the founders all hated democracy mm -hmm. plato hated democracy any anybody that studied government look at the in south america there were like a hundred democracies in the last hundred years that have all become dictatorships that's what happens we're not a democracy we're a republic in the whole point of our constitution is so that 
99.9% of the people can say, I don't think guns should be allowed, but that constitution protects my right, your right, whoever that fraction of the percentage is that has it. It's so that the mob rule of democracy, because that's what democracy is. It's a mob. What we saw in our cities the last two years is, is, is democracy. That's a mob. And we vote with a democratic process, which is not what a democracy is. This right to own a firearm is not to fucking carry it, to look cool, to shoot YouTube videos. It was literally specifically meant to suppress tyranny whenever, wherever, however. Regulated, a well-regulated militia does not mean regulated by law. It does not mean statute. Regulated at the time, and if we study our history in the vernacular of that time meant well-trained. It meant ready to fucking go. It meant your powder was dry. Your fucking shot was, was, was uh, made up. It meant your rifle was slung by the door, ready to go. So that when the bugle called, you ran to the town square and defended it from Indians or foe or invaders. And if you take this right seriously, as these men did to the point that they signed their own fucking death warrants, Get off your fucking fat ass and go get trained so that you don't look like a stupid asshole when you pull your gun out and all the video cameras record you. Understand how to articulate why you did what you did or didn't do what you didn't do. And don't just wave a piece of paper and say, it's my right. Because not only is that not what it was ever meant to be, you're a fool. So do I think it should be regulated? No, but we also can't regulate the desire to have a quest for knowledge and intelligence. And by the way, I'm nobody from nowhere. So if I can research these things, so can anybody else. The word militia back in the day meant populace as well. People Mm -hmm. don't understand. They don't understand. Militia doesn't mean the, the national guard. It doesn't mean the crazy guys up in the Hills that are looking to overthrow anything that comes around. No militia meant populace. It was a well-organized, well-supplied populace. Um, there's a great one that I, there's two points I want to talk about this because I could go down all night with this. This is this is my gig here, what we're talking about. There's a reason why the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment. The First Amendment changed the world. The right to be able to say what you want to about your government without the fear of being persecuted. The Mm -hmm. right to worship any God that you choose to worship. The right to peacefully assemble and question why your elected officials are doing what they are. The greatest thing ever written is a Bill of Rights in the history of the world. The First Amendment changed the world. The Second Amendment protected it. Mm Mm-hmm. Amen. If that doesn't stir, that. stir a man's guts when he hears that, yeah, like there's something fucking wrong with you. You're you're retarded. Yeah. Don't and don't to anybody take offense to that. I don't mean retarded as in somebody with a mental disability. I mean retarded in the sense that your brain must not be fully de- evolved to comprehend the the sheer mm. beauty of 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 what that actually means. Yeah, people also forget. Then the eighteen, the 1770s, we're talking about the men that signed this, the Declaration of Independence, and then went on to a lot of them build the Bill of Rights and frame who we are. Once again, my personal opinion, Bill of Rights, the most important document ever written in the history of the world. It's just my personal opinion. I might be ignorant about other things, but that's my opinion. It changed the world. 
it was a platform and a guideline and a template for the rest of the world to say, shit, I never thought about that. And they had the balls to do it. Here's the thing. Most of these guys. Now, was there the Ben Franklins? Yes. The vast majority of these guys were 28 to 35 years old. The life expectancy back then was like 45 years old. Yeah. So these weren't just these weren't 50, 60 year old guys that were elder statesmen writing this. These are late 20, early to mid 30s guys having these ideas that change the world. And we're coming up on the 4th of July this weekend. And that's an awesome thing. What were you doing when you were 28 guys out there? Were you writing the framework that changed the world? Probably not. You know, it's kind of an awesome thing to think about, you know. Um, now CNT says he's only mildly retarded, so he's not offended. <laughs> um, <laughs> now Clover's got some cool stuff maybe here in the side chat that he wants to bring up. Uh, there's some great questions out there, and uh, if you've got a few minutes, Mickey, we might get a little political here, which I know that you I'm, don't mind I, usually. I got no issue. Well, first right. we got one. Yeah, first G23 had a had one that was directed at at Mickey, so we'll go to that one first. Yep, he says, absolutely. Um, what is uh, Mickey's opinion on felons being able to own <laughs> firearms? Well, I mean, so that is not something originally codified in our Constitution, but let's talk about that. Neither was women's ability to vote. Neither was a, a person of color being free and not being property even even counted as a as a person as a a person (laughs) right right so i read something today that it was uh in regards to so we have no right to vote we have no the voting is not a right it is nowhere codified anywhere in our constitution or bill of rights that right to vote not the point of what i'm saying people oftentimes bring up the law in California that Ronald Reagan signed into law as a governor there when the Black Panther Party was talking about marching uh, into the cities of California armed. Different time in our history, a lot of the systemic racism that, that, that was part of the culture of a lot of America still existed. Um, I'm glad I don't live in a time like that, but if, I look at our laws pretty simply. The Constitution, and most people don't appreciate this, free speech, you said it perfectly. It doesn't protect me from talking to you. It protects me from the government telling me I can't say something. The Bill of Rights protects us from the government. It doesn't protect us from each other. That's tort law. You, you, you cut a tree down in my yard or, or you broke a contract. That's tort law the constitution and the bill of rights or rather the bill of rights protects us from government and it protects government from reaching into our lives, from breaking into our homes and doing things that, that they shouldn't be all of it. So some people say it's a fallacy that we have a, a a social contract. Uh, If you look at who the framers looked at Hobbes, Locke, Montesquieu, these were philosophers of the day. I bring these guys up sometimes and guys will send me messages. Montesquieu was a fucking piece of shit. It doesn't mean that Thomas Jefferson didn't look to some of the things that he wrote or, or as far farther back Plato's and, and Socrates, they yeah. looked at these things that these guys thought about and they, how can we, with what we know, set something in motion? It was a firestorm. It was, and they, they, they were starting a, a blaze, a brush fire. 
that has been burning, and it was left up to us to try to take it and, and hand it off. Jefferson multiple times said it would be wrong for us to create a document that stopped future generations from living as they see fit because it would be the same as what the king has done to us. So right. it, we have this agreement that, hey, these laws are all pretty cool. Don't rob people. Don't fucking kill them. And if you do, we create punishments. So if you do certain things, I think that there should be a difference uh, in certain laws. I think if you you hurt others physically, you should lose certain rights. Um, does it? There's a problem though when we uh, pay our debt to society because that's the punishment, right? So if you committed something, you wrote a bad check, you did six months in jail, but now you can never own a gun and never vote again. I don't agree with something like that. You got a DUI or or something like that, uh, and and it was a felony charge. That should be changed. I don't like a lot of laws that we have. I'm assuming the person asking that might might have or know somebody with a felony. I think it depends. If you fucking use a weapon or anything to hurt another human being, you have showed the world. Yep. Yep. That, that's a dog that just bites people as they walk. By. Violent, violent felons are different than nonviolent felons, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ironically, you brought up Jefferson. The funny thing about Jefferson, a lot of people don't realize he and John Adams hated each other they made with up. a passion they but up, they respected bro. they respected the end game enough to say we don't have to like each other to make this work and they did they ended up i think the respect for what they were trying to do helped them make up but the fact that you have two of the biggest minds of the time could not stand they could not be in the same room together but they were able to put that shit aside to say, there's a bigger cause here, guys. There's 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 something bigger here than me and you liking each other. So yeah. Um, Clover, what you what else you got over there, bud? <laughs> we got Jacob out there. Uh says I have a question. Uh, he says, um, exactly what was the rule change or ruling by the SCOTUS oh. that happened just recently? He says I do not fully understand what they were challenging. Or what was rectified? I'm assuming he's talking about the New York. Uh, yeah, if you want to, yeah, go for it. We can all kind of give our two cents, but go for it. Yeah, sure. So that's something that we've been working on for years, helping to raise money, to drive awareness to that. New York proper. I actually have a friend. His name's John Napolitano that was given a basically complete life carry own whatever you want by new york city this is a years several years back he he had his firearms illegally confiscated through a red flag law he won in court it was completely illegal and he says i'm gonna sue you motherfuckers and they knew that in court he was gonna sue in federal court they were gonna lose except he also knew that he was like a hundred k in he could get nobody not nra not any of the yeah. st state groups to help him so he was paying for this himself. So New York's attorney general was basically like, we're going to give you this concealed carry, all this shit, just go away. He yeah. was like, you know what? I carried this as far as I could, let it go. McDonald, who I knew, Otis McDonald, city of Chicago, McDonald versus Chicago, which went all the way to the Supreme Court. Otis wrote a book. Otis is now deceased. Good man. 
it's a very similar case is <coughs> well actually Claire, Clarence Thomas actually cited that case in his opinion which it doesn't make sense that it's still a, that it was still a thing but New York is saying that the second amendment or was saying does not protect a citizen's right to carry a firearm outside of the home uh, this is the dc uh there was a D dc versus heller, heller. was another heller. one that, yep. that that was also proven but uh 10th amendment's a powerful thing and it's an important thing a lot of gun guys say we need a national reciprocity law we need this national stuff and i like it but i don't like it because we keep, it's like we keep giving the federal government more power to interpret things for the states and why that's a big deal is you get states like new york uh uh, California, where you've got these lifelong senators, Congress people that have a lot of yank in Congress, and then you get a president like the one we have, and all of a sudden you get nationwide legislation that goes the way we don't want it to. So um, the comical thing is all of the chicken little gun people, it's fucked, they're coming for your guns, you know, fucking start stacking sandbags at the same time that that's happening the last six months. You have a court case like this, and the, make no mistake, these guys have looked at this for months. Their clerks have been looking at this. They knew what they were going to do for months. Oh, yeah. And so this is the system working as designed that what these guys that we're talking about, the founders crafted, it's working as designed. I'm off it. Yeah, uh, basically, Jacob, the whole case was New York had – a shall issue stance on concealed carry permits, but it, you also had to demonstrate a direct need to carry outside the home, which is that's where that's where the problem lies. Um, it's not just the Second Amendment; it's the Fourteenth Amendment that was really big on this as well. I suggest True. if you really so, I, I'm a big Clarence Thomas fan. I think I'm a, I'm a big constitutionalist. I think he he's a phenomenal intellect jacob go read the opinion and the dissent by the way but read the opinion on clarence thomas and he'll explain it in a perfect way saying the second amendment exists and the 14th guarantees all citizens the rights as being a citizen so you can't sit there and go back and say this is a right except you have to prove to me why it's why you need to have this right mm-hmm and that's that's the whole idea. The, the premise of this was you shouldn't have to prove to any government official the the need to protect yourself. You right. should never have to do that. Either you have that right or you don't. It's yeah. the, it shouldn't depend upon whether or not you can prove that you need this. Um, go ahead, Clover. I know you had something to say on this. Yeah. As well. well, the fourteenth comes into play where the rights the the distribution the the practicing of the rights is equal right no matter you who say, you are when you say okay we're going to give out permits right new york said oh okay in order to get a permit you have to give your own specialized personal crazy whatever need reason right. for doing it right and for everybody that could be different that's a much different situation than going okay Okay, Ghost and, and Mickey and, and Jacob, you all have to get a background check. If you pass that background check, you get a CCW. Okay, that's equal. That equally applies. Now, that's on you as to whether or not you pass that, but it has nothing to do with your specific little need, right? And that's where the, for me, that's where the 14th 
comes into play right. because that that doesn't create an equal playing field for everybody. You're picking. Yeah, you should. Yeah, you should. Every citizen, the Fourteenth Amendment says basically, this every citizen has certain rights, and you don't have to prove anything for those rights. If you're a citizen, you're a citizen. And what this has done, and, and like I said, if you, Jacob, go and read Clarence. It, it is one of the most, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Clarence Stallman's fan, but it's one of the most beautiful opinions you'll ever read because it, he, he doesn't get involved in firearms. He doesn't get involved in all of this. It's straight up, this is what the Constitution says. And if we're going to go by the Constitution, which is what the Supreme Court is, fucking job, yeah, then this is what we're going to do. And you may not like the outcome of this, but you're not going to have a citizen of this country having to jump through hoops that other citizens aren't having to do, period. Now, here's a beautiful thing about this ruling. If you read and Clover and I have had this conversation. I don't know if Clarence Thomas meant to or not. I don't know. But if you read the opposite, the, the uh, opinion enough times and you start reading it, but what it's saying, there is a very, very, very real path to getting rid of the NFA, of every gun control there is, because. If you read the opinion, like I said, I don't know if Thomas did it on Arbitrary. purpose or not. I don't know. It's exactly. Like, there is a the real, real. That's it, right. right. It has nothing to do with anything. Right. It's either you do or you don't. It's magazine literally a black and white. Magazine restrictions. You're picking and choosing. You're, yeah. There no truly is a pathway if someone was willing to take the, the lead and had the money, the resources, the backing. Because let's be real. It takes a lot of money to do this. But if someone had that, there is a real, real pathway to knocking down any gun control out there. They're on the books, any of them, because this opinion, like, like Clover said, this opinion was worded in a specific way. Whether or not he, had, he tried to do it or not, there is a pathway to really, really put the hammer down, which is very intriguing to me. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Who? Oh, I thought Clover was going to say something else. No, I was good. Okay. All I was going to um, say is so, yeah. you know, when you when you start talking about the NFA and you then with you know short barrel this and short well who defines what's a short barrel that's arbitrary that's mm -hmm. picking and choosing when you start talking about a magazine restriction whether you're talking about suicide or were you talking about taking a life it only takes one round that then so where's the limit it's an arbitrary thing and that's picking and choosing so yeah I, I totally yeah. agree with you. I think that your point about reading the actual. Um, justices, what's what word am I digging for here? Opinion, the opinion. Yes, thank you. The opinion, yeah. as well as dissents. The dissent was great. I, oh, it, 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 the dissent's great as well. Let's be real. The reason I, that that is what I would tell anybody to read, because otherwise you're just reading the interpretation of it by news anchors, by us, yep. right? Somebody yep. wrote, if you. CNT designs. We're gonna so we're gonna summarize this for you guys. So you don't have to really go read the words. No, no, read the fucking words. Yeah, read them. <laughs> somebody wrote it's fifty pages. And, and Who they wrote cares? It's beautiful. BS. And it's well, he's talking about the dissent. It's not that it's fifty pages of BS. 
you, in order to properly communicate, you have to be willing to open up and listen and not even say it's BS. Something I've learned in all my time in politics, which is 12, 15 years of running campaigns uh, from local stuff like sheriff and state's attorney to helping on things like gubernatorial and congressional campaigns. Mm. It's we look at this stuff and we think that there's uh, like a bunch of secret shit going on. There's not, there's people putting in work and there's people that, that are, are not willing to. And what I have found, even the people that I vehemently disagree with their political views, I truly believe I, I've, I've only met a few people in all the years of, involved in politics that I think are evil. Most of them feel that they're doing the right thing. They feel based on what the, the that they're doing is that it's the right thing for, for their community, for America, for whatever. Sure. And and you have to be able to like open your heart really and say, help me understand, help me understand what you're fucking saying. And that's how you have a dialogue. So I wouldn't start reading that's that right. and say it's a bunch of bullshit. That's just all. You may opinion. not agree with it. There's, there's a line and Clover knows one of my favorite movies ever is the American president. Now the politics aside of the American president, the idea of, of one of the speeches that Michael Douglas gives, he said, you know, America is hard. You have to truly stand on a pedestal and speak at the loudest part that you can about what you truly believe in, but then yet get off that pedestal and allow someone who believes 180 degrees differently than you do their time to stand on the same pedestal. Amen. That's what America is. And we don't have to like the dissent. We don't have to like it. But, hey, maybe we can all learn something. Maybe if they read the opinion, they might learn something. And we read the dissent, we might learn something. At least if no other reason, we can find something to have a discussion about. And once again, it always comes back to the discussion. We're not here to change your mind. We're here to plant the seed. And what you do with that seed is entirely up to you. Hmm. Um, Good let's shit. see here. Um yeah, it's been two hours, bro. We could be going for 16 more. I love the conversation. What I want to do is give you a, um, a few minutes to tell people where they can find you. Uh, thanks to uh, my moderators out there for taking care of some of the crazy shit that's been happening out there with spam. Also putting the links out there. The links are also going to be naked, in the description naked, below. XYZ, cheap sex, dating, just fuck girls. That, that's, 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 that's actually. That's my wife upstairs. I'm sorry. I okay. asked her not to try to sell anything. Hey, it's, it's all good. It's it's all good. Um, you know, uh, I don't mind it. It's all good. <laughs> uh, but I do want to give people a few minutes to hear you of where they can find you. Uh, email, social media. All that stuff, all of these will be in the description below. But thanks to my mods for posting those links as well. You're going to go to Naked HD XYZ. Yeah, we could. Absolutely. And have so fun. If you, punch, if you just punch carry trainer in anywhere, um, C A R, like, you know, carrying a gun trainer, we're on Instagram, we're on YouTube, we're on, uh, of course, uh, the, the web. I got a website, we're on uh, Twitter, Facebook, all that jazz. I mean, it's very similar content. I own Gunfighter Gun Oil, so that's another couple of feeds that you might see some stuff on relating to that product. Uh, I got to say thank you to our friend Seth that hooked me up with both of you guys. Uh, yeah, Seth, absolutely. Seth, yeah, Seth, yeah. So special thanks to Seth uh, for, for making that connection. And a special thanks to, to you guys for allowing me to, to visit with you. So I'm easy to find. 
Uh, I, I try to, if people have questions or, or they're looking for, for something, if I'm all about passing on whatever tidbits I have. I'm not, I have no secrets. Uh, so if you've got a question, shoot, shoot us an email. You get training at carrytrainer.com is our, our main email. Uh, on the website, there's a contact page, newsletter, all that jazz on there. I, I respond uh, to everybody, unless it's something stupid. Sometimes I, 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 re, I like responding sometimes to stupid ones because I mean, like if somebody's just writing, like you're, you're like, you're an idiot, go fucking, you know. Die. Oh yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't give a shit. But if someone's trying to be funny troll and it just, they can't do it. I like, I enjoy trolling the trolls. Um, those are fun times sometimes. Yeah. What I really wish is I had the skill set to like find those people's houses and then, <laughs> and then, you know, just send them a picture of me on their front porch, somehow like make that happen, but mail that like a Polaroid, not, not nothing digital, mail a physical fucking Polaroid and just say, Hey, yeah. you know, like a little tape recorder in it. Like it's going to get even like, worse. Like a little, like, like, see you soon. Goes, yeah. Hey man, how are you? Or it's like, hey, next time you leave grandma's basement, let me know. <laughs> they, they, make <laughs> you know? they make greeting cards where you can record a message. So just put Ooh, that's true. that. I like all of that. Audio. Of course, I'm only joking. Yeah. I don't want to track anybody of course. down. We're not talking about doing any of this stuff, no. We have much better, more important things in life to do than worry about where trolls live. <laughs> <laughs> Although it would be fun. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. All right. Uh, Clove, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you were to do something with your life and your channel, what would one of those things be? What can people may, might expect from your channel or what you got going on with podcasts? There might be a uh, True Spec Expedition Pants video on the channel that dropped today. There might oh. be. And there might be a revolver video dropping Friday. There might be. Revolver. See, I, I just, I, just saying the word revolver, man. I start itching. Right. I get the flash. Like fud life shit just doesn't. I don't know, man. And then I don't we, know. We, we might have Palmetto State Armory on the podcast next week. Is that Josiah or who? Josiah and. Oh, you're uh, gonna have multiple people. Uh, Josiah and, and who? I don't know. You tell me. Chad, I'm not the Josiah, one who booked your podcast. Josiah and Chad. I was trying to Chad? think of which two. Chad? I okay. Definitely, definitely Josiah. But yeah, Josiah. Well, that ought to be good. That's next week, right? Next week, yeah. Yeah, that'll be a good one. That'll be a good one. Should be. Uh, I'm not. Um, most of what they do, like the, what is that handgun they got now? The dagger? Yeah, the dagger. I mean, they're into so many different things, right? Like they've taken over the world or something with they're into everything. I mean, I mean, there there is a distinct possibility. But, I mean, they don't the USA build, could take over the world eventually. And I had this conversation at NRA with Josiah. I'm like, you know, because we were talking about working on some stuff, and I'm like, here's the thing: y'all don't build a shotgun, y'all don't build a revolver. It's like, what do you, what do you, you know? You're gonna have to come out with some stuff that that I can work with here. Come on. Hashtag come on. Fud Life sucks. Help me, saying. help you, help me, help you. But no, it'll it'll be fine. King Fud, King Fud. All right, uh, Clove. Thanks as always for uh, riding shotgun with us. We appreciate everything you do, Mickey. Sir, it was great, great talking with you. Um, I think we get. I think we have a lot of the same 
um, points of view and agree on probably a lot more than we disagree with. Uh, so I appreciate you coming on. I'm going to say this. Anytime you want to come on, just to kind of be, be part of the panel or bullshit and talk or whatever, let me know. You've got a free invite anytime you want. I enjoy the conversation. I appreciate an, an I appreciate the conversation. So uh, uh, this has been a fun time. Uh, anything else that you have that you want to let people know about or anything to follow up on anything we've talked about before we get out of here? I would I would leave everybody with this. It's something that I have been working on in my own life. Do the right fucking thing. Yeah. Take the take the hard right over the easy left. Look at the fucking garbage on the street in front of you. I think I talked about this when I was with Clover Tech. Pick it up. Get out of bed and read your kid the book. Uh, take your your son fishing. And life's hard. You're gonna die anyway. So start studying our history understand the great labor and in, in in load that was carried on your behalf to put you in this time and place wake up tomorrow and talk to the universe or whatever god you may serve and be grateful that you live in such a place in such a time i know people think that the world is in turmoil right now go to any of the great civil war battlefields go to gettysburg go to antietam go to any of those places and look at the mass graves where they didn't even get to 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 put the person's name on there let alone put them in a box and they just filled them full of flesh and bone and sinew and you will be grateful and in that smile you know fucking that 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 to me is what i i would i would leave people with be grateful that you were in this place at this time and that somebody carried the greatest of loads on your behalf absolutely be a good person um ironically this weekend we're gonna be celebrating independence day on monday um enjoy your family enjoy your friends do the cookouts do all that stuff enjoy being an american do me one favor when you're having a beer with your boys and your family remember the guys that signed that piece of paper those people changed the world change the world and as bad as you think we have it here at times i challenge you go somewhere i've been to a lot of places i've been to literally the hell holes of the earth and on our worst day we live like kings over there so always remember where we come from what it took to get here and like like mickey said it's okay smile be a good person enjoy where we are when we are and how we got here. So yeah, happy uh, Independence Day. Happy 4th of July weekend. Guys, be safe out there. We appreciate everyone watching this live. Great, great conversation. Great questions out there in the chat. If you're watching this in replay or listening to it in podcast, I'm sorry. That's two hours of your life you're never getting back. But we truly do appreciate you. Uh, you guys be safe. We will see you next week. Simplify.